episode of Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. I'm super excited to bring this episode to you guys. Uh, this week, I had the pleasure of talking to Amy Crimson. Uh, Amy Crimson is an independent wrestler coming out of Canada. She's about four years into her career, and she's super awesome. It was a really fun interview. Uh, she talked about training at Battle Arts Academy under uh, Santino Morella, a.k.a. Anthony Corelli, and how she... Uh, how she got a passion for pro, pro, pro wrestling. I can't even speak. Uh, she talked about how she got a passion for pro wrestling and uh, how her dreams uh, became a reality. It's really fun. So check out the conversation with Amy Crimson and go ahead and follow her on social media at Amy Crimson XOXO. And uh, here we are, you guys. Here we are today. Uh, my name is Funky Sam Medina. I am your host. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's been going on in the professional wrestling world. Not much, though. It's kind of a hush. It's kind of quiet. You know, we're getting ready for the calm before the storm is happening right now. We're getting ready for uh, Royal Rumble to kick off the WrestleMania season. Um, that's pretty exciting. I requested uh, the evening off uh, for my for my night job uh, for the Royal Rumble. I'm super excited to watch that. Um, I don't really get excited about WWE pay-per-views too much anymore. Uh, but this year, I am pretty excited about the Royal Rumble. I'm usually pretty excited about the Rumble. I think the Rumble is probably my favorite pay-per-view of the year uh followed by wrestlemania you know uh, wrestlemania is cool um it's not as cool as the rumble <laughs> the rumble is fun because it's full of surprises and i feel like uh that's what wrestling is missing nowadays it's missing surprises you know and uh the rumble even though even if they tell you all 30 participants you still don't know the order <laughs> you still don't know the order and it, anything can happen you know so it's it's really fun it's a good time so i'm looking forward to uh to some royal rumble stuff uh let's let's actually kick off with the royal rumble card you guys um this is how updated is this january this is as of yesterday okay so cool um so the royal rumble men's match uh, announced so far is angelo dawkins and montez ford the street profits uh ray mysterio and dominic mysterio the mysterios austin theory johnny knoxville a lot of people's favorite to win Johnny Knoxville's going to main event WrestleMania. Uh, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one himself. Big E, Happy Corbin, Mad Cass Moss, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, and then uh, newly added is Kevin Owens. How many is that so far? 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's 16. That's 16 people announced. Uh, for the men's rumble so almost half the rumble is open for surprise which is super exciting uh rumors are that that braun breaker and gunther <laughs> did i say gunther that gunther um the the barista from from friends is going to be in the in the rumble um let's talk about gunther for a second you guys that's a big controversial thing that's happening walter volta um has changed his name uh, to Gunther, and it was supposed to be Gunther Starks, and then that was uh, the resemblance of, a, of an old Nazi military person, and then WWE got a lot of flashback, uh, backlash, backlash. They got a lot of their own pay-per-view backlash uh, because of, of the whole Nazi situation and everything, and rightfully so. Um, Gunther Starks, I don't know. Gunther, whatever. Um, Walter was good. Walter was fine. You know, when you first hear the name Walter, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of a dumb wrestling name. That's just like a first name, and that's really all it is, you know? And uh, But I feel like once you kind of get to know him a little bit as a wrestler, like, it fits him. He is such a Walter, you know? He's, he's Walter. That's what he is. Uh, also, when he first debuted, when he first uh, was on the UK indie scene, he was Big Van Walter. I think that was a cool name. And if anything... They should have given him that name, Big Van Walter, um, because they never used 
Big Van in the WWE. Uh, Vader was just Vader. He was never Big Van Vader. And so, like, I feel like Big Van Walter would have been really cool as a name. Uh, but instead, we have Gunther, which, you know, whatever. We'll get used to it. We'll live with it. We'll survive. It's stupid, but it happens. It's, I mean, it's not much better than Braun Breaker, you know? Uh, Breaker Breaker. Breaker Breaker 1-9. Braun Breaker 1-9. Um, so, yeah, those are the two rumors. Uh, Braun Breaker and Gunther that I've been hearing on the internets. And then who knows who else is going to be able to show up. Uh, the Forbidden Door, the Forbidden, Forbidden, the Forbidden Door uh, is open, you know. And then, as we'll talk about, Mickey James will step through that Forbidden Door and uh, we'll see who else does. A lot of rumors is that Moxley was going to join, which I think that would be funny. Uh, I don't think Moxley is going to be in the Royal Rumble at all, you guys. So don't get your hopes up for John Moxley. Even though he just got out of rehab, um, he's apparently he's clean and sober. I don't know. He looks like a million bucks, though. He looks great, you know, compared to how he looked before he went in. He, you can definitely see a difference in John Moxley. Uh, one of the big rumors is Cody. Cody would be in the Royal Rumble. I think that would be incredible. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of wrestling websites were making a big deal the last week or two. Uh, that Cody's contract with AEW is expired and he's a free agent and he's kind of working uh, with AEW from show to show Which is ridiculous though if you ask me because we all know we all know that Cody is one of the founding fathers of AEW He's not going anywhere, you know, I can possibly see him coming in uh, for the Royal Rumble But I don't think that they would give AEW that much credit Right, because if he came in, they'd have to be like, oh, here's AEW's um, AEW TNT champion. I almost said television champion. Like, they'd have to be like, oh, you know, 3, 2, 1, and number 18. Oh, Cody Rhodes, the AEW TNT champion. He's here. He's here. You know, and then he comes out with the AEW, can't even speak, TV title. TNT title. TNT title. I don't know. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to see Cody in the Rumble. It would be cool. It's not going to happen, though. Uh, they were chanting Royal Rumble at Cody on AEW Dynamite recently. He was on the ring, and they were chanting Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. So I guess looking at this list, um, isn't Brock? No, Brock's not even in it. Uh, one of the theories is that Either Brock or Roman, most likely Roman, is going to lose the belt. Lose the Universal title. And then be in the Rumble. And then win, right? And then go on to WrestleMania to fight Brock. Because that was supposed to be the match anyway, and it never happened because Roman got COVID or something like that. I don't know. Um, so so the big rumor is that you know people are talking about is that that Roman's going to lose the belt to Seth. He's going to enter the Rumble. He's going to win it. And then he's going to pick Brock. And then Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. All right. Uh, the women's Rumble so far? Let me count as I talk. Let me count as I talk. Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Tamina Shotzi, Natalia Aaliyah, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Lita. That's 15. Uh, Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool! I did not know that she was announced for it. Kelly Kelly, Summer Rae, uh, Impact Women's World Champion Mickey James, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan. That's 20. That's 20, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. 21? 21? I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I can't count. I can't count. Um, but so we still have some room for, for surprises in the Rumble. Uh, rumor has it, another rumor has it here, that, um, that uh, the Iconics, uh, Cassie Lee and uh, Jessica McKay, were contacted and asked to be in the Rumble 
and they politely declined uh, because they're doing they're happy doing what they're doing with Impact. They're the, currently the Impact Knockout Tag Team Champions. And you know, honestly, like to me, like it's way too soon, right? Excuse me there. Uh, it's way too soon for them to come back. They had their run. They're gone. They're doing their own thing. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different with Mickey James because she's a legend. You know, um, I feel like if if uh, Peyton and Billy came back uh, one night would not do them justice. They need to actually come back and be on the roster again. You know, which they probably will be eventually. But what a one off would not suit them very well. And, uh, like, Mickey James is cool. You know, they could do a one-off with Mickey James. But I feel like the Iconics would not be good for a one-off. Oh, man, I am tired, you guys. I still gotta go to work after this. Shit's crazy. Um, what else? The mixed tag team match. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice. That should be fun. Um, I'm gonna pick Miz and Maurice to take the win. And then maybe Edge gets the win back at WrestleMania. Women's Championship, uh, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. Becky Lynch is going to win this, hands down, no question about it. But I'm really happy that uh, Viper, a.k.a. Piper Niven, a.k.a. Dewdrop, was able to get herself into this position uh, where she's getting a women's title match on WrestleMania. Not on WrestleMania, at the Royal Rumble. And uh, it's cool, though. You know, it's really cool. It's good for her. She's awesome. She's a dope wrestler. She was in Young Classic. You know, she's been around for a while. She's doing her thing in the UK, and uh, to see Dewdrop get her due drop here, um, I'm really proud of her. I'm really happy for her. So yay, Dewdrop! You're gonna lose, uh, but I'm happy that you got into the position you got into. Uh, Universal Championship: Roman Reigns taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Can we talk about Seth freaking Rollins for a minute? The WWE officially changed his name to Seth freaking Rollins. How freaking dumb is that? You know. Like, it's one thing if they say it, if they say Seth freaking Rollins, if he says it, whatever, if they say it, that's fine. Like, say it all day, say, you know, as much as you want as his little nickname or, you know, whatever, to emphasize Seth Rollins with the freaking. But his name now is literally Seth freaking Rollins. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's supposed to win. He's supposed to win. We'll see. Apparently, Seth has had Roman's number this whole time, and we never knew it, you guys. Seth has been... The most dominant uh, member of the Shield. He's beaten Roman every time. Uh, not, not, that's not necessarily true. But he beat Roman most of the times. And Roman's never beat Seth one-on-one uh, -on -one, as far as I know. From the, from the meme I saw, you guys. I usually get my information from memes. And it was a meme of, uh, of Seth beating Roman a bunch of times. Uh, WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, to, to, to fans, uh, this match has been like... 10 15 years in the making uh we've wanted to see this match for a long time uh since like you know 04 05 06 or you know whatever bobby lashley debuted i guess 06 so i guess 06 07 um but then you know brock left and lashley came in and they've never really pa crossed paths until now and bobby's doing a lot and bobby's a top guy and brock's a top guy and this would be interesting this would be really interesting to see uh how this plays out and what happens and then uh, whether or not it's a good match. Because it like has the potential to be like an incredible match. But it also has the potential to be a stinker. So we'll see. I'm going to go for Brock. And I feel like he's going to win. And I feel like it'll be a good match. You guys. Good match. Um, let's see. Does that do it? That does it for the Royal Rumble. We'll see what else they do um, going forward. We'll see what else they do going forward. Uh, John Moxley's back. He's out of rehab. Good for him. He's super awesome. I think I mentioned that. He looks great. Uh, a lot better than he did before. WCW uh, is getting some names revived. WWE uh, copyrighted, trademarked uh, Super Brawl and Uncensored, which is pretty cool. Super Brawl and Uncensored, uh, which is uh, thought to be going to NXT 2.0. Which is funny because... You know, they bring back these old names, and then they just, they, like, Halloween Havoc, and the Great American Bash, and War Games, right? But they all go to NXT, you know? They go to NXT. It's funny. It's funny that they do that, because, I don't know, WWE was, like, a lot bigger than what NXT is.
you know. Uh, Summer Rae was back. She came back on SmackDown, and she was really, like, crying because they said she was a legend, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm a legend. Uh, Leo Rush is gone. Leo Rush is going to be out of AEW soon. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Leo Rush's contract comes up in February, and he'll be out. He already announced that he's leaving the company. Uh, also, contracts that are coming up, apparently, is Brian Cage, Peter Avalon, and Joey Janela. So we'll see if those people get re-signed. I really hope they re-sign Cage, man. Brian Cage is awesome. He's dope. If you don't believe me, just ask his wife. Because uh, she'll definitely do a rant on social media about it. Uh, but I think Brian Cage is awesome. I really do. I've always been a big fan of his. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Brian Cage. Uh, out of this list, right? Leo Rush, Brian Cage, Peter Avalon, and Joey Janela. Joey Janela is cool. Joey Janela is cool and all. You know, he's not really doing much on TV. He'll probably get re-signed. Um, the Peter Avalon thing, the librarian thing, kind of ran its course. I don't think we've seen him on TV much recently. Uh, but Brian Cage, man. Brian Cage's got to get re-signed. I really hope he does. All right, moving on. And uh, that's it, you guys. That's all I'm going to talk about. I'm going to uh, jump into this interview with Amy Crimson. It's going to be super fun, you guys. Check it out. Uh, check out Amy Crimson. Follow her on social media. Just search Amy Crimson. On all the social medias and she will pop right up she's super awesome it was she's super fun um, and I feel like she's gonna go a long way in this business you guys in professional wrestling who am I to say oh I'm nobody but ask Vince Russo <laughs> I'm just kidding um, but for real though it's a good interview she's awesome she has a good head on her shoulders and she has a good attitude so uh, let's check out the interview I did with Amy Crimson and I will talk to you guys later in the meantime follow me on social media uh, the podcast is at PWN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at, uh, at PWN.podcast on Instagram. And then I personally am Funky Sam Medina across the board at Funky Sam Medina. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on uh, TikTok. Follow me on Venmo. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on all the cool things that people follow people on. I will be there and I will be at Funky Sam Medina. Um, oh, if you're a fan of comedy, stand-up comedy, uh, real quick, real quick, we are doing a comedy show on January 5th, January 5th, not January 5th, February 5th, Saturday, February 5th, um, it's going to be online, it's going to be a free show, uh, I'm inviting you all to it, all you got to do is go to hypotheticalcomedy.com, one more time, that's hypotheticalcomedy.com, and uh, where it says RSVP for our online show, just RSVP right there. Put in your email address, and we will email you the Zoom link. Put in your email address where it says RSVP, and we will email you the Zoom link. And uh, speaking of that, uh, this podcast is brought to you by HypotheticalComedy.com, where you can find it there. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Google Podcasts. You can find us on RedDragonsRadio.com. All the fun places where you find awesome podcasts, you'll find this one too. Um, so thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you guys soon, and uh, we'll see what happens at the Royal Rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest this week. She is an up-and-coming independent wrestling superstar, Amy Crimson. How you doing, Amy? What's up, guys? Um, honestly, I'm doing good. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's a chill vibe. Oh. Super chill. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> lazy Sunday. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love lazy Sundays. They're the best. Of course. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> hey, so uh, you are wrestling out in Canada. Um, before we get into that, how uh, how did you fall in love with professional wrestling? Um, I've always been in love with professional wrestling. Um, wrestling has been part of my life since I believe eight years old. Wow. Um, so my dad and my uncle actually introduced me and my brother at a very young age into wrestling. Um, my family's always been wrestling fans, WWE fans. Um, so I actually started watching wrestling when I was eight years old. I think it was uh, ECW, like one of those, not the hardcore ECWs. It was... <laughs> 
um, the 2007, 2008 ECW. WWE. So the rebrand. Yeah, the WWE <laughs> style ECW. So I believe, I think it was um, MVP versus a CM Punk match. Um, once me and my brother looked at it, I was hooked. I was watching it. Um, I tuned into a Friday Night SmackDown, saw The Undertaker, and then I was hooked forever with wrestling. And then at a young age, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life kind of thing. So wow. I loved wrestling my whole life, yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife actually fell in love with wrestling too because of CM Punk. It was uh, the Pipe Bomb promo in 2011. Oh, nice. Yeah, she loved that. She loved that. It was great. It was a good moment, definitely. Do you remember that? I don't know, you're yeah. Probably- yeah. So I actually started watching wrestling in, I believe, to the end of 2007. Okay. Um, so I basically grew up with wrestling. I stopped watching it actually religiously once I started doing wrestling. Um, I still watch the old stuff, but not really the new stuff. So I usually just keep it in tabs like on YouTube, watch some videos, and I usually just watch the pay-per-views. That's kind of what I do too. I just kind of see the important stuff and then watch the pay-per-views and stuff when I can. And I'm excited about the But the only difference is that now compared to watching it when I was a kid, I was a fan. Now I'm doing it. So it's like totally different. So it's like a different kind of love for it now, which is amazing. That's awesome. Hey, are you going to be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble this year? Could be. I hope Uh, so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Um, Me too. That's cool. That's cool. So what was it about it? Like the athleticism, the theatrics, the drama? Like what really, like as a child, what kind of like hooked you? I think it was mostly just everything, like all together. It was obviously the wrestling and like the chair shots and all that stuff, which was amazing, the weapons. Um, I know like as a girl, you don't see like girls like hit him with a chair. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, hit him with a chair. Like hit him again. And then like um just the gruesome aspect of it i guess hooked me so like whenever there was hardcore matches and stuff i was hooked i was intrigued i feel like that's everyone's every fan's like guilty pleasure of wrestling um just the entrances um the wrestling actually that wrestling aspect the promo work the character work the fireworks everything like basically the whole theatrical the whole whole, uh, yeah picture yeah that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so eight years old, you discover pro wrestling, you know, your dad's watching and stuff and you're getting into it. Um, at what point did it click in your head where you said, I want to do this? Um, I think it was like not even like a, a couple weeks after watching it. I turned to my mom. I'm like, I want to do this. And my mom's just like, you're crazy. You're not doing this. Because at the time in like 2007, 2008, I believe the they were still considered divas. And I think they were still doing like bikini contests and like all that stuff. So my mom looked at me on the screen as a young girl. And my mom's <laughs> like, no, you're not doing this. And then I was like, oh yeah, I am. And then like when I was 12, I was 12 years old. I think I was in geography class and my teacher told us to go in front of the whole class and be like, what do you want to do for a living? And I'm like, I want to be a WWE superstar. Like I want to wrestle. My whole class laughed at me. And then oh, I think wow. it was parent. Yeah. And I think it was a parent teacher interview night. And my teacher literally pulled my mom aside. She was like, you know, your daughter wants to be a WWE superstar, right? And my mom's like, yeah, I know. And then by 14, I was like, still want to be a wrestler. <laughs> then I graduated high school. And my mom's like, it came to the conversation. She's like, okay, so you graduated high school. Are you going to go to college? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, professional wrestling. And my mom looked at me. She's like, you're kidding, right? I'm like, Oh no. So I signed up to Battle Arts. I was 19 at the time. Wow. Um, signed up at Battle Arts Academy, Santino Morella's wrestling school. And I've been doing it for four years ever since. So that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You chased your dream. Yeah. <laughs> so I bet your parents thought uh, it was a phase and you would grow out of it eventually. Oh yeah, for sure. My mom thought it was a phase. She thought like, oh, I was gonna tell her like after high school that yeah, I'm gonna go into cosmetology or become a nurse or something. But yeah. then it's funny because because you know what's the funny thing? Um, my mom and my dad were just like, Oh, it's just a phase or whatever. But the moment I started doing wrestling and they knew that I was serious about it, like they're my number one supporter. So like they're in the crowd, like, get her with the chair, beat the shit out of her. And it's just hilarious because like it's funny because like they're they're like the number one people there supporting me so it's cool it's amazing so was your mom too or just your dad um my mom grew up with wrestling because of my uncles who are major on wrestling but my mom did not like it there was so many times in school that i would be the only girl getting in trouble for doing like the dx chops and like (laughs) saying suck it and my mom would just be like 
and just face palm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, so how did how did your parents feel? I guess when you when you sat down with them and said, "Hey, I'm going to this wrestling school." Were they like at that point? Were they for it still? Or were they like, "I don't know." Um, they're at the end of the day, they were just like, "Okay, well, this kid's been literally saying she wanted to do this since she was eight years old." So that's like literally consistency there. Yeah. And then their mindset changed because back when I was eight, like I said previously the women weren't considered as competitors they were more considered as like a sex object and like a sex appeal kind of thing so by the time that i got involved into wrestling wwe has like they kind of changed their aspect of how they view women so like they got basically the name divas taken away they're considered wrestlers it was like i think by the time i started wrestling it was like the women's revolution i think it's like it was a top peak so like you had charlotte coming in sasha banks you had all these women so i was watching it religiously still at the time and my mom noticed that like it wasn't sexualized it was like actual wrestling so then when i told my mom yeah i want to do this she's like okay go ahead like she's like there's no there's nothing to like be afraid of just do it what's the worst that can happen it's not going to be like a what if kind of thing so like my thing was i always wanted to do wrestling but if i didn't choose wrestling i always had the thought like what if like what if i could have made it kind of thing and i didn't want that so i was like you know what i'm just gonna go do wrestling see what happens if i make it awesome if not i'll just have a backup plan so that's okay. how it was what was your backup plan um personal trainer so okay. on the side i'm also a personal trainer into heavy into fitness so i'm a nutritionist and personal trainer so i still have that fitness background but the main goal is to make it and get paid to wrestle in a huge industry. To be Absolutely. Honest. You got to do something right now to pay the bills while, uh, while wrestling is uh, what you're learning and still and, and getting it out there. Exactly. Uh, how did you, uh, how did you get into personal training and, and the nutrition? Did you go to school for that? Did you just study that when you're in high school? Um, so actually, um, right when I graduated high school, I didn't go to college. I didn't do nothing. I went straight wrestling. So I was just like, okay, everything I got to do wrestling, like I want to make it kind of thing. Cause I don't have anything in the background. Um, the COVID pandemic actually is what actually made me get a second backup plan. Okay. Cause at first I was like, oh, if I put all my focus in wrestling, I have to make it like there's, it's literally all dedication wrestling. And then there was no wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was the COVID pandemic still hit us, still in Canada, still can't wrestle um, due to the restrictions and everything. They're on and off. So it's like a crazy time here. Um, but the COVID pandemic basically made me have a realization that what if I get injured or something happens where, yeah, what if wrestling doesn't pan out? I'm not going to work at, say, a Harvey's or I'm not going to work at like a retail store for the rest of my life. Like I need a backup plan. So I ended up going to school, not going to an actual school during the pandemic. It was online course, um, paid for the PT online course that came with the nutritionist course. And then it took me six months to do it. After they reopened, I ended up getting a job as a personal trainer. And now I'm a personal trainer. So it ended up working out because now I have more money and to go towards my wrestling so I could pay for, say, trips to japan if i want to go wrestle in japan or trips to wrestle in the states if i want to go to the states or say mexico or germany or england kind of thing so it actually just works out and it intertwines with itself yeah that's awesome congratulations on uh, the backup career thank you <laughs> cool. and then uh, the, the cool thing about being a personal trainer is like you got to work out you know when you're wrestling and so now you're going to get paid to work out exactly and it's amazing <laughs> because the personal trading job, it's amazing. I literally get paid to work out, listen to music, and make my clients laugh. So it's, like, amazing. It's, like, an overall great job. I actually enjoy going to work instead of most people, like, I hate going to work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, going back a little bit, before this pandemic, you know, hit, um, you said you joined Battle Arts Academy. How did you go about seeking them, and uh, why did you decide to go there? Um, so funny story. So I actually had a friend that worked with me that she's a professional wrestler as well. So we were both like, oh, we're going to become like, like professional wrestlers. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, where do you change? She's like, Battle Arts Academy. I'm like, cool. So I basically did my research and I found out that Anthony Corelli, aka Santino Morella, he opened up a professional wrestling school in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, which is where I'm from. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is like 15 minutes from my house. I can go here every single day. And I'm like, okay. So I did my research. Mind you, before I started wrestling, 
I wasn't the most athletic. So I was five feet and I looked like a meatball. Like I had to be at least, <laughs> yeah. So I gained a little bit of weight or whatever. And what happened was I didn't know when you go to a professional wrestling school, they're going to give you an athletic tryout. So you have to basically be physically fit. I thought when you basically decide to be a wrestler, you can go off your couch and be like, yeah, I could do this. This is easy. Like, let me do it. Uh, you just put your body in the door, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So I walk in. I haven't done squats or no, I, I did not work out. Like I said, five feet, I look like a meatball. Okay. I look at toy at the time. He was a trainer that was came, that came from Japan who actually trained Oscar. And then eventually he oh, went wow. back to Japan. Yeah. So at the time he was the one who gave me the tryout. So he was like, so you want to be a wrestler? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, do 300 squats. I look at him and I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, I did that. Almost died. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to eat before the trial as well. So I had food. I was eating. He told me, okay, go do like a roll of like a train of rolls. So like, just like keep rolling until you feel dizzy. At the end of it, I was like, I felt like I was going to die. I felt like I was going to pass out. Okay. Then I didn't have wrestling shoes. So he told me, okay, run the ropes for three minutes. And I was like, I don't have shoes. He's like, okay, go bare feet. So I was running the ring ropes for three minutes with no wrestling shoes. The next day I bought wrestling shoes because it was terrible. It was the worst experience of life. Um, and then what happened was he literally told me, he's like, so you want to be a wrestler? And I'm like, yes. He's like, if you physically get fit, I will literally give you a chance to do the program. So I said, yes, yes, please, please, please. The next day I was doing like supersets. I was like bicep curls, everything. You see me doing squats and everything. And then he started laughing. And then I've been into fitness ever since because wrestling is no joke you really need to be fit if you're gonna do it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's brutal how long did it take you to get uh what he wanted you to be as far as physically fit um so i've been doing it for four years it took me a year in to get to physically where i am okay um honestly as a wrestler i feel like there's never really um a thing where you're like okay i'm perfect I just feel like you always have to better yourself. So the thing is, as a wrestler, like, yeah, you can have biceps or whatever, but I feel like there's going to be somebody that looks 10 times better than you. So you're always like in a competition where you're like, okay, I'm never going to be perfect. So I always have to have a goal to reach. And even though like I'm more physically fit now, I just feel like I can always do better. So I'm always aiming to be better. So I just feel like it took me a year to basically get into shape and look like an actual wrestler. And then as the years progressed, I got more heavy into fitness and then I became a personal trainer, which helps even more. And then it gave me more knowledge to get back into shape and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, you go to battle arts, you get fit, you start training. Uh, what was it like the first time you met uh, Santino or Anthony? Were you like starstruck by that? Um, so as a kid that grew up in the PG era, because I basically watched majority of the PG era, um he was the he was the guy that i grew up on like, yeah so, and he was big for kids because he was funny yeah yeah hilarious so what happened was the first day i actually went to the wrestling class i was wearing i look like a mark i was wearing a wrestling t-shirt i was excited and then i look around and no one's wearing a wrestling t-shirt so i'm like okay you know what i'm gonna go buy one of the merch <laughs> that's on the on the uh, wall because I didn't want to be, you know, considered a mark. So I'm wearing my little John Cena t-shirt. Oh no. And then and then Anthony's at the front desk. And I was just like, I was really because I'm very shy when I don't know somebody. So the fact that it was Anthony and it was the first person that I see it, I was like, hi. And then he's like, hi. And then like he's like, this is a nice t-shirt. I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, what are you wearing? Oh, are you new to battle arts? I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, okay. And then what happened was Toy that did my um, tryout, he literally pulls me aside and he goes in to Anthony. He's like, oh, this is your new student. And he's like, oh, the quiet kid. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, because once I got more um, kind of comfortable, I ended up showcasing like my loud personality. So then I went from quiet kid to Malton, which is another story for later on. <laughs> That's awesome. What's what's he like to to work with? Um, he's amazing. He's like a great coach. I learned so much. Um, he's not only a coach, but he also basically pushes you so much. Where if he knows that you have the ability, he'll literally push you to work your one hundred and ten percent. So he's like honestly an awesome coach. I wouldn't have learned so much without him, to be honest. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Does he goof around a lot? Is he a goofball? Um, in the- yes. And there's so many times where he makes us do the famous Santino walk. Oh, really? And we'll, yeah. Where we <laughs> like, I could literally do the Santino walk for hours with how many times we had to do that. Did he teach you the Cobra too? Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. I'll learn all the secrets. That's cool. And so uh, how long did you train uh, with battle arts? Um, so I'm still currently training under battle arts. I just started to work the indies, but I still consider them as like my training ground. Um, I basically trained there for four years now. So I started back in 2017 around there. Um, so August of 2017. So yeah, been four years now. And then uh, how long did it take you to have your first match? So because of the shortage of girls, I was only training for two months. I thought that once I started training, oh, I would have a year. I didn't have a name picked out. I didn't even know I have gear, nothing. So he literally, it was one of a training class. It was one of the classes. And we're having one of our annual shows that we have every month. So we actually put on shows in front of a crowd. So it was called Summer Sizzle. So it was like kind of like our take on SummerSlam. Right, right. So I was two months in and I never had a match in front of no one. I didn't even have a match in front of my peers, like my wrestling peers. So there was a kid's birthday party and Santino Anthony, he was like, Oh, Amy, you're going to go and wrestle in front of these kids. I didn't have a name, nothing. All I knew was he's like, Malton, go wrestle. So I'm like, okay. That was your nickname. Yeah. Malton go wrestle. So He's like, okay. So he gave me some white face baby name, Amy. Didn't have a last name. Nothing. Just Amy. Just Amy. So he's like, Amy, so-and-so coming to the ring. The kids loved me. I did good on the match, everything. I did the basics. I wasn't spectacular. Um, I think I only knew how to do an arm drag, maybe a clothesline, um, a couple moves, and that's it. So I was very basic. I was very green at the time. Um, he liked it. And then he put me on the actual card. So I was in a tag match with some of the girls that were already more experienced than me. So, yeah. So I ended up wrestling in front of a crowd for the first time was like a head deer in the headlights, scared (laughs) shitless, felt like I was going to shit my pants. Um, and what happened was I pulled out, I guess the basic wrestler in me just was so like, scared i pulled out a stone cold stunner (laughs) at the end of my comeback and then um i ate the pin um but it was a great learning experience and then after that i went from baby face to heel and i've been wrestling ever since (laughs) wow that's exciting yeah Um, how did uh you said you were just amy how did amy crimson come about how did that name so it was the same night so what happened was he only gave me Amy. So I was like, okay, I might as well wrestle as Amy. So that's the first name. So Bianca Crelli, his daughter at the time, she was training with me because we trained at the same time, right? Okay. So she, I guess she didn't have a match or whatever. And she was doing the announcing. So she was being an announcer. And she comes in, she's like, like everyone called me Malton. They're like, Malton, you need a last name. Like, you don't have a last name. We only have Amy. And I was like, you need a last name. Like I thought <laughs> Amy's good enough. Yeah. And, well, um, WWE has a lot of uh, women with one word names. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like <laughs> one word name. I thought, no, they're like, you need Naomi. something catchy. Yeah. So I was putting on my crimson lipstick, like to make myself look more different to differentiate from myself. And she looks at, she's like, Amy Crimson. And I'm like, that works. And then like, they just said, okay, Amy Crimson. And then Anthony came up with the, um, character where i was basically talking in like slang so in toronto there's like a little bit of slang so we basically say oh bless fam bless as like all that stuff so like i grew up like in a neighborhood where there was a lot of slang so he heard me talking to my friend and he's like wait a second talk and i was like yo bless us he's like wait a second you're gangster like you're straight up gangster i look at him i'm like i'm a privileged white person that grew up with starbucks i am not a gangster (laughs) and then he's like no like that's cool you could say you're from the streets of malton and you're straight up gangster i look at him i'm like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard (laughs) and he's like no next time you go out bring out that character because at the beginning i was like a psycho character like psychotic it just wasn't working and all that so i was like i need a different character so then i go out the crowd loves it 
they start like they start cheering my name by the way i'm healed they start cheering my name they're saying oh yeah she's a badass and i'm like holy shit it actually worked and then i ended up winning the title with this character everything and i was like okay amy crimson from the streets of molten let's go i guess and it just worked and it's it's been working ever since is molten a real place yes so it's in molten mississauga it's like a little like your like rural area it's like a little bit where it's not like um really like safe it's like it's a safe neighborhood but there's some type of riffraff and stuff like where like there's like some gay activity and stuff so when i told my coach that i was from molten he's like yeah you're gangster <laughs> it'd be people shooting up places and all that you're gangster so i just started laughing i was just like it's the dumbest thing ever but it just works it's like so dumb but funny at the same yeah, time yeah it's like uh, a 90s reference i don't know if you'll if you'll know it but the mean street posse uh, yeah from the mean streets of greenwich yeah yeah definitely so that's cool that's cool so you became a little a little thug out of molten uh, yeah <laughs> molten. and so uh what point did you turn heel because you said that you were babyface and you turned heel and how did that go about so the first match that i had i was babyface and then after that he was like your heel and i'm like okay cool <laughs> no explanation okay. so All you didn't right. have actual awesome. heel turn it was just kind of part of the character it was just kind of part of the character, I guess, because it worked more as a heel yeah. than as a baby face. I mean, I had like the run where I was battle arts women's champion. I was baby face. Um, but I found that when I was healed, like I was more able to express like the real characteristics of myself compared to like, I mean, I'm a nice person, bubbly, awesome. I could be a baby face. The baby face me is basically me just amped up 10 times. But as a heel, it was more like I could be a bitch and was awesome. Like I could like literally flip off fans and like flip their hat. And I remember um, there was one where like there was this one fan that always came when I was bigger and he used to make fun of me and he used to be like, you're fat. I was like, all right. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And then one of them was like, and then I think I was mad or whatever. He pissed me off and I was healed. So I was like, okay, I'm going to jaw jack with you the whole time. <laughs> so then what happened? So every single time I would do a move, I was like, this is for you, fatty. And then he's like, <laughs> and then what happened was I did a move and I was like, this is for you, badass. And he like got up and he like started taking off his jacket. He's like, I'm going to fight you. I'm like, come in the ring. Like, let me kick your ass. And then like Anthony loved it. He's like, that was your best, like, that was your best like character wear or whatever and he's like i actually believe like you made me pop and like laugh in the back and i was like okay this is gonna work like i love it like and i love being healed more than baby that's face because awesome. i feel like yeah that's an awesome so. moment <laughs> yeah and then you got the approval of anthony so that's always good too yeah uh you mentioned being the battle arts women's champion i did watch a match with you it was you and bianca corelli yeah and uh you were the champion going into that match you i mean i you were the champion after the match too. Uh, yeah. How did you uh, How did you win the title, and uh, what did that mean to you as you, in your career? Um. So what happened was I won it, I believe, a year in. Okay. So I wasn't even training for a year. Um. I went against Nessa Love, so she was a champion at the time. Um. We had a couple matches. We had a rivalry going. Um. What happened was, I honestly didn't expect to happen. It came out of nowhere um what happened was she was going to england at the time and she was gonna have to drop the title so i thought oh i'm probably gonna be the last person on the list that he's gonna give the opportunity to like i'm still working hard i haven't been here for like more than a year like there's girls that have more experience than me and then i basically were doing a tape review and anthony goes to me and he's like yo molten how many people you bring in on Saturday? And I'm like, good amount, like maybe 30, 40 people. He's like, you're going to want to bring a lot of people. And my personality is like, uh, why? Like, what's the point? Like, and he's like, and then he literally had to be like, cause you're winning. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then what happened was he told me, he's like, Oh, like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to run with it. And it literally winning that title made me gain confidence because I didn't think I was at that level yet. But then he believed in me to make me that level. And then what happened was he basically gave me the torch to run with it. And I was like the head of the women's division. Wow. And at the time, what happened was, I think it was a couple months before prior, because I won the title in November of 2019. Of April of 2019, my uncle that introduced me to wrestling, he died. So 
what happened was he basically introduced me to wrestling. He didn't really, he didn't get to watch me wrestle, which was really sad. Um, and what happened was, is that winning the title, I basically made sure that, okay, if I win the title, it's going to be for him. So in one of the title matches that I think I posted on YouTube, you could see me basically like, as I go out, look to the sky, that's for him. Basically when I win the title, basically start crying emotionally because I'm like, I look up, I'm like, that's for you. Right. And I start bawling my eyes out because of all the hard work that I put into to gain it. Obviously it wasn't my end goal. Obviously I want to be WWE champion or AEW champion one day. Like that's the goal, but to basically be given the torch at such a very young age, because I believe I was only, I was not even 21. I was like 20 at the time. And to be given such a great opportunity was amazing. And that's why I got so emotional. So it was a very emotional, but also humbling experience. And it gave me so many opportunities after that. Like my career basically went off after getting the opportunity. Wow. That's awesome. How long did you hold the title? Um, so if it wasn't for COVID, I believe I still would have been champion, but what happened was I held it from November, 2019 to I believe October of 2020. And I basically had to get the title relinquished because of COVID. So I never technically lost it. So I never got to fight for it. So there's no current champion. Um, there is a current champion. Oh, there is name's Divya Chen. Um, but when I return from this COVID, I'm hoping to regain and become the only two-time Battle of Teams champion. So hell yeah, that's badass. You should do that. Yeah. So what happened? Did they hold a tournament for the belt? Did they just have a couple matches? Um Honestly, it was just like it was here and there. It was um, basically because of COVID in Canada, the restrictions vary. So there'll be months where it's OK and then the cases go up and then they put restrictions. So it was it basically was like hot potato with the title during this COVID thing. So okay. there hasn't been really like a huge, like long longevity of the title. Um, so hopefully by this year, hopefully I go back. Um, I'm actually going to be making my in-ring return for Jack Rizzo's Wrestling Academy 2022. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so hopefully I can go back, win back the title I never lost, and have a hell of a 2022, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Um, so so the, the pandemic hit, everything kind of shut down, wrestling was kind of up and down, like you said. Uh, what positives did you gain, you know, besides getting the, uh, the secondary career? Like, how did you... Um, improve in your in your wrestling and stuff like that because of the covid well the things that i improved on were my physical appearance so during this pandemic i think i'm in better shape than i am now than when i was wrestling full-time um so that's a plus i basically gained my um certifications in school and stuff so that was another plus i also thought i was like okay if i'm not wrestling because of a pandemic i don't want my brand or my name to be like oh whatever happened to so and so so i decided to get myself involved more into the podcast like world okay. and start doing podcasts and get myself known and try to get exposure within that podcast um within the months of covid I think I was able to be on Vince Russo's podcast, the Lucha Libre Online podcast, and multiple podcasts, which gave me more exposure, which was a better for me because I ended up basically gaining more media coverage than when I was wrestling full time, which helped my character and helped me to get more like basically opportunities like the Jack Rojo's Wrestling Academy 2022 as well as more promotions looking at me and getting more bookings. So that was a plus for me. I ended up um, making new gear, building my brand, making merch, and basically just building the Amy Crimson brand so that when I do go back to wrestling, it's already surfaced where I have a platform so I could just work my way up. So when everyone was tired and sad about not wrestling, I was just like, this is my time to fix whatever I need to fix, get whatever I need to get done. And then when I go back full time, I'm like better than ever than what I was. So that's, that's that was my mindset. Yeah, that's really awesome. You know, a lot of people, you know, like you said, a lot of people sat around and were sad about it. But a lot of people worked hard and, and uh, gained and learned knowledge and things like that. Like my wife and I were both stand-up comedians. And when yeah. the pandemic hit, you know, there was no shows. But then we moved our brand online and we just built our brand from there. And we've been doing exactly. ever since. 
That's cool. I was I was just thinking like my mindset was like if I can't wrestle, I might as well have something that involves wrestling so that I still keep my name out there and it's not forgotten. Cause like I don't want to be like, oh, what happened to so and so? And then like just forever forgotten kind of thing before my career even started. So that was my mindset. Yeah. yeah. Stay relevant. Absolutely gotta stay in people's minds. Exactly. That's cool. You mentioned the Vince Russo podcast. I, I saw that one. I saw your interview on that. That was really fun. Uh, 15 yeah. minutes to get over, bro. <laughs> that was cool. What kind of, uh, did you get a lot of, a lot of exposure from that? Cause he, I'm sure he has a pretty big reach, you know, and yes. so I'm sure a lot of people saw that, uh, what kind of benefits did you gain, um, after that? Um, so I basically had Jack Rogel reaching out to me for the wrestling Academy 2022, because as I feel like, as you could see, because of all the podcasts that I was on searching me up was probably easy. Cause I was easy to search up. All my stuff just popped up. Um, after the Vince Russo podcast, I actually got contacted by Conan. Um, he actually viewed my podcast, said that I'm an intellectual girl and that I had like, and that I'm basically very mature. And then I have things going for me. And then even Vince Russo, I basically made connections with Vince Russo, where he told me that I'm a beautiful girl, that I am mature. I have the great mindset. I have what it takes to make it far in this business, which was amazing advice because I never thought I could ever hear that from Vince Russo. And then also um, the exposure I had before COVID was I had a match with Allison K, Rebel and Casey Spinelli. So I was in a tag match. So I actually tagged with Allison K and Rebel, which now they're in like AEW, NWA. So that also gave me exposure as well before COVID. Um, but mainly the social media presence that I made for myself during COVID actually gave me more exposure, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Internet's out there. Everybody has access to it. So, you know, you can go from being known in Canada to being known all over the world. Yeah, I actually got podcasts in England, the States, um, Scotland, everything. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, this is actually really cool. And rest. honestly, and I appreciate the fact that Vince Russo gave me the opportunity to basically have exposure for myself because I felt like he's seen something in me, which is I'm forever grateful. So that yeah, was like awesome. He could have easily said no or just ignored you or something like that. Yeah. But for him to take the time to talk to you, that was really cool of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Vince Russo. I can hear him rant about anything. Yeah, I can <laughs> listen to him talk about taking the trash out. I just he's a, he's so funny. I really and like- it was just funny because usually not a lot of people you can't really get over on Vince Russo. And then the <laughs> fact that I got over on Vince Russo, I was like, okay, like I actually made him laugh. I made him smile. And the moment I started going on the because it was a Zoom call, he was like, yeah, I gotta cancel this um, phone call and I gotta start the podcast because you're going to get over even before I even talk to you. And this is not fair. So I was like, I started laughing. Cause like he, I guess he could sense that I have a love for and passion for this business. Like I'm not just here for money. I'm not just here to get a modeling contract or anything. Like I actually love wrestling. So I feel like whoever talks about wrestling with me could sense the passion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you went yeah. as a little girl, you know, when you're, when you're eight years old, you don't think about the money or the fame, you know, you yeah. know what you want to do and, and that was it. And you've been wanting to do it ever since. So I definitely see the passion there. And you do have a good mindset, you know, like you've been yeah. building your brand during the pandemic and then you got a certification to be a personal trainer and all that stuff. Um, I feel like you're making a lot of really good steps. Yeah. Like, that's the goal. I just want to be successful in this. Like, I just want to say like, yeah, I get paid to wrestle. Yeah. What's your career? Yeah. I'm a professional wrestler. Do you make money off of it? Yeah. I'm on this, this, and this. And like, I'm signed to a huge company. That's the main goal. Like, even if it's not WWE, like to be signed to a major com- like company and make money and a living off of it will forever be a goal for me. Obviously, WWE is the last end goal, but it's not like the end goal where I'm like, yeah, if I don't make it, it's I don't I didn't make a career out of it. As long as I can say I paid for a house, basically what I do is makes money for me. I've made it. I'm set, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, if you can make a living off of it, then you're you're in you're there. That's cool. Uh, so the tag match you had, you teamed up with, uh, you said you teamed up with Allison K and you went up against yeah. Rebel and Casey Spinelli. Yes. So that's cool. Cause those are pretty big names, you know, on the yeah. scene. Um, where did you, was that in battle arts or did you go somewhere else for that? So I was actually lucky enough. So um, there was a professional wrestler named Nova. She actually got sick. So the promoter needed a fill in. Mm-hmm. 
So I actually got messaged on Facebook like last minute. And because I was the battle arts women's champion at the time, he wanted to put me in to get a little bit of exposure for um, battle arts Academy and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was revolution. It was an all women's pay-per-view and it was actually in my home, like battle arts, like the home turf. So what happened was at the time I was the youngest in the locker room, all these women, like, older than me i was only 21 and then he told me okay you're gonna main event mind you this is my first indie match <laughs> i've only been in a year he's like you're gonna main event and you're gonna not only main event with like three vets but they're like the biggest three vets and women like wrestling <laughs> allison k rebel and casey spinelli which are well-known absolutely yep exactly so at that point i'm 21 i'm still green i haven't been wrestling for almost a year and I look at them and I'm literally going to shit my pants. Like I'm scared <laughs> to death. And they look at me, they're like, because you've got the match. <laughs> yeah. And then the, they're like, kid, how old are you? I'm like 21. And they're like, oh, you're a baby. I'm like, yep. And then they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, and my dumb ass was like, I wrestle. They're like, yeah, no, we know that. What do you do? <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I do this, this, and this. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll see you outside in the ring. I'm like, okay. So then, Mind you, I'm just like deer in the headlights, like the the like the announcers or whatever they're going. It's the match. And then what happens is I go in the match and then there's a kid named Steven. Now, Steven is like the little kid that's huge in wrestling in Canada. He's everywhere. He goes to every single wrestling show. And this is my first time um, with Steven, like being seeing Steven in like a wrestling like in the crowd. So without this kid. I wouldn't have made it through the night. I was literally jawjacking with him the whole night. <laughs> I, I made him have a Steven chant after that. Wow. Like the promoter was like, yeah. So then the promoter was like, yeah, kid, like you stood your ground. Like you were good. Like you were very good. And like, I watch it back. And like at the time I was so nervous. I thought I messed up. But then when I finished, like everyone was like, yeah, kid, like you did amazing. You did better than what everyone thought. Like you stood your ground. And then what happened was like Casey Spinelli, Rebel and Allison K, they said, you got what it takes, kid. Like you did great. Right. And they and honestly, it was a great experience because now I built connections with them where I can ask them questions. And they always told me, like, if you ever need anything, you need to ask any questions, you can always message and ask. So it was an amazing experience and opportunity, which actually elevated my career, because after that, I actually got more bookings from that, too, as well. Wow. So, like, you're making all these great connections and you're getting comments from these great people, you know, Anthony Corelli and, and the yeah. tag match with. So you're doing really good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Was that your first match outside of Battle Arts? Well, technically, it was in the Battle Arts facility, but it was at the Don Koloff Arena. But it wasn't a Battle Arts show. So before that, I was only doing Battle Arts-related shows. So, like, there was, like, a small promotion, Wrestle Junction, um, that happens at the distillery in Toronto, where I just wrestled. But that technically didn't count because it was owned by a Battle Arts guy. So it was basically, like, Battle Arts. Um... Like and then I was just, doing, <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, is that like monthly I was doing battle arts shows. So I was improving, but I wasn't going out on the indies and making a name for myself. That was my first actual indie show where I didn't know anybody in the locker room. There was like no battle arts guys. I was just a lone wolf. There was like a couple battle arts girls, but we were just like, okay, this is like, this is it. Like, this is actually an indie show. And it was like, actually like cool because I never got to experience like other wrestlers other than the battle arts people. So it was cool to learn different things and different styles and get advice from like multiple women, which was amazing. That's cool. And then you also had the comfortability of kind of being in your home, in your home surf. Yeah. So it was amazing. And then um, when I told my coach that I made a vent, he's like, damn, Walton, you're making places. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Wow. So, yeah. That's super cool. That's awesome. Um, what other places have you wrestled in Canada? Um, so I mostly just wrestled in Kitchener and Toronto. So those are my main things. So I mostly wrestled in crossbody. Majority of my matches are all in battle arts and then Toronto. So. What's the uh, the promotion in Toronto at the distillery? Um, it's Wrestle Junction. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah. And then have you ventured out to the U.S., to the States yet, or is that something you're um, doing in the future? 
hopefully after these COVID restrictions are done in Canada, hopefully I can go to the States and do some promotions in the States. Like that was the goal. And then hopefully go to England, Japan, Mexico, Germany, and just wrestle around the world and like Puerto Rico and all those. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I wish you the best on that. Cause that's Thank something, you. <laughs> you're doing, something you do a lot of good steps getting towards, towards that goal of, of traveling the world and wrestling people around. Yeah. That's cool. Did you have, um, did, uh, when you're at battle arts, did, Anthony like train you as far as like promos and things like that too like outside of the ring stuff um so yes but I also go a step ahead for myself so what I'll do is whatever stuff Anthony teaches me and whoever he brings in to teach us like I'll take those but I'll take accountability for myself so I know there's only so much certain people could teach me Mm -hmm. until I do it for myself so when I'm basically so what I do is I do wrestling study so I watch the greatest wrestling promos of all time. So like the wrestling promo greats like Stone Cold, The Rock. I watch Eddie Guerrero's promos. I watch Triple H's promos, Shawn Michaels promos, John Cena's basic thugonomics promos. So I'll literally like even Kevin Owens, like he's really good on the mic. So yeah, all the like, so all the wrestling promos that are greats like CM Punk's Pipe Bombs and all those, like I'll literally sit for hours and watch all the promos that I can and get knowledge. Heel promos, face promos, doesn't matter. The Dusty Rhodes, um, what is it? The one where he's like hard times promo? Yeah, hard times. That's, that's the promos I'll watch. Like Randy Savage, like all those, like Hulk Hogan's, like all of them. And I'll write notes and I'll take notes. And I'll be like, okay, so these are the steps that I need to do to get a great promo. And then work on character work. And then I'll watch, literally I'll sit five hours or 10 hours the whole day on my laptop and just watch match after match and just take notes and write them. I have like a full notebook full. And during the pandemic, that's all I was watching. I actually ended up watching all of 2004, like <laughs> nice. all of it. Yeah. No, that's a good time frame. The, the ruthless aggression era. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a lot of people don't really give it the credit for what it's worth because the attitude era was so amazing, but like the early 2000s was really good. Um, you know, they got, yeah all the top WCW and ECW guys all interested to get, you know, into the WWE. Yeah. And um, it was really good. It was a really good era. So that's a good era to study. Yeah. So I'm currently right now, because we're under lockdown again, I've been watching 2005. So I'm like halfway through 2005. And my mom's looking at me like, how can you watch 10 hours worth of wrestling? I'm like, it's good. It's not my fault. You're like, I'm studying. <laughs> I'm studying. Like, look at my notebook. Doing homework, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. cool yeah awesome and then who are some of your uh inspiration as far as like the women's wrestlers go um so my inspirations were lita um trish stratus and victoria okay so and currently now it's oscar so i literally Asuka's study oscar um because she's kind of trained in the japanese strong style and that's how i was trained that i love the submission base and the technical wrestling aspect of it so i literally study oscar Victoria, Trish Stratus, and Lita, like all those. Those are my women's inspirations. That's cool. Trish is a really good one because um, when she came to the WWE in 2000, she could not wrestle. And yeah. by the time she retired, she went down as maybe the greatest woman wrestler of all time. Yeah. So she she came a long way. So yeah, for her to be your hero, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have uh, anything? I know you said you don't really have any matches right now because you guys are in lockdown. Um, do you have anything coming up you want to promote or anything like that? Um, so basically, you're going to see me in May. So I'm going to be wrestling in a competition, Jack Rajos Wrestling Academy 2022 um, versus Alexia Nicole, Jody Threat, Catherine, Jessica Black, like all these Canadian um, wrestlers. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So you guys are going to see me there. Um, I don't know if it's going to be televised, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's what that's my next match that's going to be coming up. Awesome. So. But then I also wanted to ask you, I, I forgot, but you, when you were in that tag match with Allison K, you said that was on pay-per-view. Is that something that's available to watch maybe like on fight TV or something? Um, So it's actually on the HWE network. Okay. So it's like a Canadian, it's a small Canadian network where they have all these different like promotions. So they have all the battle arts, rising star shows, all the battle arts pro shows. They also have um, the revolution, which is an all women's pay-per-view. Um, as well as the HWE shows. So it's just like a pay thing it's like a network, where you can like, want. Yeah, yeah like, like our own little network. network. On that yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, if people want to check that out, 
you know, you can find. Oh, on they the- could even check it out. I think on YouTube. I think okay. the match is posted off of Revolution. I think they posted it on the ma- on YouTube. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's there. Awesome, dope. Uh, what are your social medias? Um, so my social medias are pretty easy. I all go by Amy Crimson XOXO. Um, so I have a Facebook, which is Amy Crimson. I think if anyone uses Facebook still, it's kind of like the MSN. Your generation doesn't. Um, so Amy Crimson is for Facebook. So I have a Facebook page. If anyone wants to give it a follow or a like, um, I have my Instagram, which is Amy Crimson XOXO. I have my Twitter account, which is Amy Crimson XOXO. I have a TikTok. If anyone wants to see my goofy side, um, it's also Amy Crimson XOXO. And yeah, my YouTube thing. Um, honestly, all you got to do is search up Amy Crimson on YouTube. Um, all my matches and other podcasts should pop up. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to, you want to cover before we uh, head out of here? Um, hopefully you guys could tune in to the wrestling Academy 2022 with Jack Rojo's. Um, it's going to be super cool. It's going to be like all of the Canadian talent. So it's basically giving us an opportunity. Is that going to be available anywhere or is that just come and see you in person? Um, so far, um, we haven't had all the details. Um, but hopefully it's going to be on a TV network. So hopefully it's going to be broadcasted where a lot of people could see it. Um, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the winner will win, uh, a tryout at the nightmare factory with QT Marshall. So hopefully, yeah. So hopefully it's going to be, obviously it's going to be a great experience. Um, but hopefully it's televised so that people around the world can witness our Canadian talent. So that could be your golden ticket to the U S exactly. That's awesome. And then, you know, like the tough enough stuff, um, some of the some, some of the people who didn't win necessarily still got contracts and things like that. So yeah. if you don't go all the way to the Monster Factory. Uh, there's still a possibility of other people noticing you and you doing great things um, from there. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Amy. I think you're going to do great things in wrestling and you're, you're super awesome. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Thank you.